Good morning, everyone. Welcome to PCA. If you would, stand on your feet with us. We are going to worship our awesome God. Amen. You're good, God. You are so good. Hallelujah. Through you, I can do anything. Yeah. I can do all things. Because it's you who gives me strength. Yeah. Nothing is impossible through you. Blind eyes are open. Strongholds are broken. I am living by faith. Yeah. Nothing is impossible.
Thank you, Lord, for all you've done for me. And thank you, Lord, for all that you're going to do. Thank you for all that you're going to do. Anybody else going through something you'd rather not be going through right now? Our God is always working for us, and he'll take the ugly and the beautiful, but he'll turn it all into something that's good. He loves us, and he wants us to learn through these things that we go through, but he's going to take care of his own. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The weapon may be formed, but it won't prosper. When the darkness falls, it won't prevail thank you lord because the god i serve knows only how to triumph my god will never fail say it like you mean it my god will never fail i'm gonna see a victory i'm gonna see a victory for the battle belongs, belongs to, to you, Lord. Lord. I'm gonna see a victory. Yeah. I'm gonna see a victory. victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. There's power in the mighty name of Jesus.
take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good for good you turn hallelujah. it for good hallelujah you take you take you take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good you turn it for good thing to know you are faithful and be able to trust in you. Lord, help us to just cast our cares on you because you care for us and you are well able to take care of them, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus just to take him at his way. Just are you resting today? Are you resting on his promise? And to know the saith the Lord. Oh Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I prove him more and more. who you're having a hard time trusting God with something. Trust in our awesome God. He says that he'll keep you in perfect peace if you will trust in him. Trust in the Lord 
Keep casting those cares on him. Get to know him more. The more you get to know him, the more you love him, the more you trust him. Lord, I love you. Help us all to trust you with our whole heart. I bless your holy name, God. Mm -hmm. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. trustworthy you are the only one who can do something about every problem in this room you are the resource that we have to come to you help us to stop trusting in our own flesh and our own abilities Lord help us to trust in you help us to run after you and trust in you you are a good God I praise you God I thank you Lord I pray that you have been glorified and your heart has been touched during this time of praise and worship. Thank you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I adore you. Thank you, Lord. He's good, amen. Has he been good to you? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Okay. So now we're going to give you all an opportunity to greet each other. We've loved on the Lord a while. Now you can love on each other a little bit. Now, if you're social distancing, just stay where you are. And please don't go up to people who are staying in their seats. Um, but greet everybody else who's out and about, all right? Bless y'all.
Good morning, PCA. If I had a microphone, good morning. There we go. There we go. This was left up here. Glad to see it. Well, I want to welcome all our guests. We have some guests here. We are so glad you came to our church home. We hope that you decide to make it your church home. We have a lot of people. <laughs> we are so friendly in this church. See? <laughs> if you are a guest here and it's your first time, we'd like to have you fill out one of these VIP cards. Um, had a young couple come in this morning, and I told them that we sell all this information to Finger Hut and J.C. Penney's. We don't do that. We don't do that. I'm sorry. But we'd like to have you fill that out because we want to get to know you. We'd love you to be a member of our home just like we're a member of this home. One of the biggest fears that people have is speaking in public. Now, that's never really been my fear. <laughs> my fear is that you don't hear what I said when I get up here talking about tithing and how important it is. Have you been to the grocery store lately? Have you bought gas lately? Have you paid a utility bill? Mine was 20% higher than it's been in the seven years I've lived there. And we haven't even got into the heating season. I know it's getting colder because the pastor has on long sleeves. But this is a good time someone's going to say, you know, I can't afford to pay my tithe. Out of, oh, thank you, Pete. Out of all these things, what one thing promises to Give it back to you, pressed down, overflowing, and it will be given back to you. And that's tithing. It hasn't gone up. It's still only 10%. Now, we don't come out. We don't beat you on the head wanting you to pay your tithe. It's something you do from your heart. And hopefully you do it all the time from your heart. So if you haven't tried it before, try it. See if it's not pressed down, shaken, given back to you what you give to God. And it's only 10%. All good things come from above. So if you consider what you earn every week a good thing, guess where it came from? And it's time to give back. And we give you so many ways that you can give back. Cash your check in the offering. The Purple Bag Boys will be coming up here any minute. Come on, guys. I want to give you plenty of time. Kiosk out by the welcome desk. The website, pcachurch.com. PCA app or text the PCA Church to 1-844-390-2401. You can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can come into your house, our home, dear Lord. We ask that you bless this offering. Do with it as you would because we know it will be right. Bless those that tithe, dear Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Good morning. It's good to be here today. Hey, I've got something on sale today. This is going out for free today to anybody. I don't know how it's still on my um, pulpit, but um, I don't know how you touch the holy place with something like this or anything that's orange uh, other than burnt orange, I tell you. Yeah, okay, go ahead and give it to me. I'm, it's two weeks in a row, and I'm in church. So none of you can stay home when your team gets beat. Some of you get, oh, I can't go to church. My team lost yesterday. 
So what I found out that Texas plays a good first half, and then during halftime, the junior high football team <laughs> puts on the Texas uniforms and comes out after halftime. We just can't play a second half. But no, congratulations to the Cowboys, Cowpokes. Um, I was in Stillwater yesterday with my vehicle with the Texas Longhorn tags on it. But I parked real close to hedges where it was covering it up. So came back and my tires were not deflated or anything like that. So no, congratulations, man. You played a good game. And hey, you got to lose, right? Oh, I guess y'all don't lose. Uh, okay, all right. Next time you lose, I'm going to come back strong. <laughs> no, you got to win, you got to lose, you got to be happy. Why? Because I'm so glad I'm not dependent upon whether OSU or OU or Texas plays and they win or not. I am glad that this is what I stand upon today, amen? So stand with me today because before you leave here, you're going to be ready to kill a grizzly bear with a fly swatter. That's what the kind of faith you're going to have. You ready? Repeat this after me. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. Thy word is a light unto my path. Thy word will I hide in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Lord, help me every day to read thy word. And Lord, help me every day to live thy word. I love thy word. And dear Lord, Help the preacher. Amen. You may be seated. I tell you what, I'm still enjoying my last week's message. I think I ought to preach it again. But today is gooder. That's why you say it right here. It's gooder. Uh, English teachers, uh, please be careful. I understand good, better, best, but they just gooder. Today the title of my message is this, brace yourself. So everybody right now, brace yourself. I don't know that you are ready for what you're about to get today. So brace yourself because today, man, I'm coming strong at you today. It's going to be a good, good word. Uh, if you have your Bibles, turn to Job chapter 1, verse number 8. Then the Lord said to Satan, how many know Satan hangs out in God's presence? He does. He probably hangs out more in God's presence than some of us do. Here's what the Lord said to Satan. He said, have you considered my servant Job? There's no one on earth like him. He is blameless. He's upright. He's a man who fears God and he shuns evil. Wow. How many of us would love God to talk about us like that? Hey, Satan, if you consider my servant, uh, Pastor Bardwell, man, he's a man of God. He shuns evil. He fears God. He's got a man of integrity. Have you considered him? I'd love for God to give me that resume. Then again in Job chapter 2 verse 3, here's what God says to Satan again. Then the Lord said to Satan, this is the second time, Have you considered my servant Job? There's no one on earth like him. He's blameless, he's upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil, and he still maintains his integrity. Though you incited me against him to ruin him without any reason. So the second time his integrity had been challenged and God said he still maintains his integrity. Still does it. Most of us are going to sit here and go, man, I know everything about Job. No, you don't. Today I'm going to talk to you about Job because there, God said there was no one on earth like him. He's blameless. He's upright. He fears God. He shuns evil. He maintains his integrity. This is my best servant. 
And we know the story that uh, Satan says, well, of course he's your best servant. Look at how much you've blessed him. I mean, he's got blessed tags on everything, right? He's got a blessed tag on his yacht. He's got a blessed tag on his jet. He's got a blessed tag on his Mercedes and Bentley and all those things. I mean, Job is a wealthy, wealthy, wealthy man. God has blessed him because he fears God, shuns evil, is a man of integrity, and he stands upright. God blessed him. God blessed him with a great wife, a great family, great kids, great wealth with donkeys and cattle and everything a man could ever want. And God's hand was upon him. And Satan knew, I cannot touch him unless you allow me to. And so God allows the enemy to come in and try to destroy Job's faith in God. To try to get Job to curse God and die. But we all know that Job did not. Look at verse 20, chapter 27, verses 3 through 6. As long as I have life within me, Job says... The breath of God in my nostrils, my lips will not say anything wicked. My tongue will not utter lies. I will never admit you are in the right till I die. I will not deny my integrity. I will maintain my innocence and never let it go. My conscience will not reproach me as long as I live. That is a man. This is chapter 27. That is a man who has his convictions, not just something that's on a bumper sticker on his vehicle, but this is something that is in his life, it is in his heart, it is in his blood. Everything about him, I will maintain, my mouth will never utter lies. I am a man of God. Job was very blessed. But I want to tell you something today that most of us have never learned about Job. Job was a great man. God said there's no one else like him on the earth. I've blessed him. He's got a great life. But there was something that Job had one issue with. In the book of Job, five different times, it said that Job feared. Five times. And every time the word fear in the Hebrew meant something different. Even though Job has this blessed life, everything he has, God is blessed he still lived with an ongoing, ever-present fear. Did you know that about Job? Most of the times you don't read that. You don't pick it up. But there, he had five different fears. Look what it, chapter 3, verses 25 through 26. Here's what Job said. What I feared has come upon me. What I dreaded, it's happened to me. I have no peace, no quietness. I have no rest, but only turmoil. Job, even though blessed, he lived in constant fear. Five different kinds of fear were in his life. And today I want to talk about that for just a minute. The first fear that Job talks about is the fear that means that something suddenly is about to happen that's really bad. He lived with this constant overriding fear that suddenly Something bad's about to happen. Any of you ever felt that way? I mean, always looking around. Something bad's about to happen. You're always on the edge. Something bad's about to happen. It's going too good. Job's like, it's going too good. Something bad's about to happen. There's going to be an accident in my chariot. Something's going to happen. The wheel's going to come off. I don't know. 
Maybe somebody coming toward me is going to veer into my lane, hit, hit me head on, I'm going to die. Maybe there's going to be a report when I go to the doctor and see him, it's going to be bad. He's always living with this fear that suddenly, out of nowhere, something bad's going to happen. Have you ever gotten on an amusement ride and think, what all could go wrong? I have. The word amuse means this. Ah means do not. Muse means think. So when you go to an amusement park, it means do not think. Because if you think, you will have fear. That's why some people don't ride the rides. They stand in line, get up to the ride, and they go, eh, nope, not happening. <laughs> Suddenly something bad's going to happen. It's going to jump off the tracks. One time we got stuck at a, on a, a roller coaster in uh, Dallas, at Six Flags in Dallas, for over an hour and a half. I got stuck up there. Then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it released and took off. Whew. People live in this total gloom and doom mentality. And Job said, there's no peace. There's no quietness in my soul. I fear. The things that I'm fearing have come upon me. The first fear is something suddenly bad is going to happen. The second fear is this. It's a lingering fear of failure. I'm going to fail. Hey, life is just too good. You got a great family, great wealth, great friends. But you know what? There may not be enough rain for the crops this year. Maybe there's going to be a disease that gets into my cattle and destroys all my cattle this year. But this lingering, overwhelming feeling that I'm going to have failure. I'm going to, I'm going to mess this thing up. Every part of his life, he's thinking, I'm going to fail. I'm going to mess it up. This is too good. It's like a house of cards. It's all come falling apart. His third fear was a fear of insecurity. He said, I don't feel secure. How many know that very wealthy people feel very insecure? They don't have the same concerns that we do. Wealthy people have concerns about maybe somebody breaking into their home, stealing all their stuff. Somebody breaks into my house, they're going to feel sorry for me. I thought you had more. <laughs> Let me give you something. <laughs> I didn't. Somebody try to kidnap me. They're, wealthy people are always worried about somebody kidnapping them or their kids or, and wanting, holding them for ransom. Someone trying to embezzle money from me. I've got to watch all the accountants in my company. I've got to watch everybody that's going on because somebody's trying to steal from me. You see, these insecurities are everywhere with people who have a lot of wealth. They're always looking, and every time somebody talks to them, they're wondering, what do you want from me? Why are you talking to me? What angle are you coming at from me? So they're very insecure about relationships, insecure about everything. And Job had this fear of being very insecure. The fourth fear, fear of nervousness. Just very nervous, very edgy. Very fidgety. He couldn't get anything to sit, couldn't sit still for five minutes. He was always having uh, a body language that was off the charts. It's like, Job, what's the matter? Man, I don't know, I just can't. Uh, so I know something's going to happen. Is it suddenly gonna, it's going to be lingering? I don't, I don't know. Some, there's just, I don't know. You ever, you ever been around somebody real fidgety and they can't sit down for more than five minutes? They got to get up and go and do something. And, and you know, so I, I don't want you guys to take this as a challenge. Some of you guys are going to go, Pastor, I do not have the fear of nervousness. I'm going to go home this afternoon and sit in my recliner for three hours and not move just to prove to my wife that I do not have the fear of nervousness. <sighs> yeah. I'm make sure God knows and everybody else knows I'm not nervous. Yeah. But Job lived like this. 
He was, he was a man that was no other like man on earth like that. And God was saying he's blameless and all this, but he still had his problems. You see, no matter where we are in life, no matter how much God has blessed us, sometimes we have these fears that creep into our life that something's bad's fixing to happen. That something, I'm, I'm going to fail at something. Uh, somebody's got an angle coming at me. So that fourth fear of nervousness. The fifth fear was this. I may have this one. A fear of being quiet. It's just too quiet. You ever, you ever been in a room with somebody just too quiet and you just start talking, don't know why you're talking, but you're telling yourself, shut up talking and you won't stop talking, but it's just too quiet so you just keep on talking? Yeah. He had this nervous energy all the time. He couldn't stop talking. Look at this. Uh, Job 1, 4 through 5. He had such a fear about everything. His sons used to hold feasts in their homes on their birthdays, birthday parties. And they would invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. When a period of feasting had run its course, Job would have arrangements made for them to be purified. Early in the morning, he would sacrifice a burnt offering for each of them, thinking, perhaps my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. This was Job's regular custom. Can you imagine living around this guy? I mean, you just go to a birthday party, you come home, early in the next morning, he's knocking the door. Get up, get up, get up, we got to go sacrifice. What? Dad, are you serious? Come on, let's go, let's go. And he sacrificed for each one of his kids just for the fear that something had been said or something had been done that was against God and he didn't want anything to be against God. And so I'm sure he drove everybody around him crazy. You ever been around somebody like that? Yeah. I have. There's constantly worried about, did, it, did I think something wrong? Did I say something wrong? Is God not pleased with me? Let me go sacrifice again. Let me go do this again. I got to make sure everything's right all the time. And a lot of times when we read the book of Job, we don't hear pastors talking about this. All we hear is about all the things that the enemy came in once God lifted his hand off Job and how his kids uh, died and how all, he took all of his cattle and all of his uh, farmland and then he burned up everything and then his friends all turned on him. Remember Job's, uh, he's covered in boils uh, and he's scraping them with the pottery and his friends come by and because he's not wealthy anymore, no longer has those friends. And then to top it all, his wife comes along and says, Job, curse God and die. That's what you most of the time hear. But Job was a man who lived in a lot of fears. He had all kinds of, he had these five fears that something was not right with God all the time. It was this custom. He lived in this constant bondage to fear. The Bible tells us we are living post the cross and post resurrection that we have not been given this spirit of always thinking something bad's about to happen. We've not been given this fear that there's a lingering failure about that, but not being given this fear of nervousness or being quiet or something's always not right with God. God did not give us that, but God has given us the power, sound mind, and love, right? That's what God has given to us. But Job was caught up in this bondage of everything. Not, nothing was ever right all the time. There was always something. It was constant in his life. Fear does a lot of things to people. Some people won't sing because they're fearful of what somebody might say about their singing. I mean, they won't even sing in a church filled with people because somebody might hear them sing and say something. They might go, you know, during worship today I heard you singing and you might not want to do that next Sunday. I'm going to sit by somebody else next week. 
Sometimes we have a fear of what people will think about us. Some people will not be allowed the Holy Spirit to work in their life because they're fearful of what somebody might say about them and their relationship with God and the Holy Spirit. Uh, some people won't worship even in the church setting. Why? Because they're fearful that somebody will look over and see them with their hands up and go, what are they doing with their hands up? Well, what if I don't worship? Then they'll look over and go, why don't they have their hands up? So we have all these fears walking into the building. What's people going to think about what I'm wearing? And what's people going to think about my hair? And people going to think about my car and all these things. We have all these fears that today keep people from coming to the house of God. The pandemic has given us so many excuses that now we just say, well, I'll just stay home and watch it on TV. And how many know it's not the same? You need the encouragement of other people in the house of God. What will people think? Hey, I think that sometimes too. What if everybody hates me? We all think these things. But Job was overwhelmed in it. Revelation 12, 11 says this. They triumphed over him, talking about Satan, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. We need to not allow fear to overwhelm us like Job did. It was his custom. This was how he lived. He was constantly, constantly overcome. But we are overcomers through the blood of the Lamb and what? The words of our testimonies. You can't tell somebody else what God has done for me. Only I can tell somebody else what God has done for me. Uh, there used to be an old song, you don't know like I know what Jesus has done for me. Only I know that. But I need to overcome by sharing it with someone else. And I need to overcome by the blood of the Lamb who sets me free from fears and doubts and worries and this constant all-consuming fear in my life. God wants us to be overcomers. And so for 37 chapters, we find that the enemy comes in against Job God is silent. Job cries out, God, where are you? Have you forsaken me? And, and God has it. He's right there watching Job because God knows Job's heart and he knows that there's no one else like him. And when it comes to loving God, he's going to stand true. I mean, isn't that what all of us want God to look at us and see? No matter how hard it gets, I mean, you, I mean, literally, he lost all of his family, lost all of his wealth, lost his friends, his wife is turned on. I mean, it just can't get any worse other than his own life he loses. And for 37 chapters, God allows this to happen in Job's life. But in Job 38... God says, that's enough. I've had enough of this. So in Job 38, verse 1, here's what, after all this silence, here's what it says. Then the Lord spoke to Job out of the storm. And here's what he said. How many know what a rhetorical question is? It's a question that somebody asks, but they already know the answer. And so God loves doing this to all of us. And here's what he says. Who is this that obscures my plans with words without knowledge? <laughs> Have you ever heard somebody speak words without knowledge? <laughs> I mean, I've heard, I've heard preachers preach without knowledge. 
They're preaching something. They heard somebody else preaching. There was no knowledge there, but they were preaching it. God says, who in the world is messing with my plans? And they're using words without knowledge. And then he tells Job, son, you're on this pile of pottery. You're scraping your bulls. Here's what you need to do. Brace yourself like a man. Brace yourself like a man. In other words, let me get your attention because I'm about to hit you with some serious truth. You need some truth. You need to hear it. And I'm going to tell you how this thing works. Brace yourself like... So turn to your neighbor and say, brace yourself. It's about to get strong up in here. Brace yourself like a man. I will question you, God said, and you shall answer me. Wow. God's getting serious, right? You ever had to look at your kids and shake them a little bit and go, listen, I'm talking to you. You're going to listen to me, and you're going to tell me the answers. Here's what God says. Where were you, Job? Where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me, do you understand what I'm talking about here? Because Job probably didn't understand at this point in time the earth's foundation. He said, who marked off the earth's dimensions? Surely you know, Job. Who stretched a measuring line across it? Or what were its footings set? Who laid its cornerstone? While the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy. Who did that, Job? And where were you during all this? Job, who shut up the sea behind doors? When it burst forth from the womb. When I made the clouds its garment and wrapped it in thick darkness. Who, who did that? Where were you? When I fixed limits for the, and set its doors and bars in place. When I said to the waters, this is how far you may come in and no further. Here is where your proud waves stop. Job, were you there when I did that? Are you the one that makes the waves stop on the beach? I don't think so. Who is that? He said, have you ever given orders to the morning or shown the dawn its place that it might take the earth by the edges and shake the wicked out of it? Have you ever done that, Job? You ever commanded the dawn when to happen? Wow. The earth takes shape like clay under seal. Its features stand out like those of a garment. The wicked are denied their light and their upraised arm is broken. Have you journeyed into the springs of the sea? Did you know there's springs in the oceans? Have you been down there where the springs are, Job? Or have you walked in the recesses of the deep? Have the gates of death been shown to you? Have you seen the gates of the deepest darkness? Have you comprehended the vast expanse of the earth? Tell me if you know all this, Job. Because I do. Mm. God told him, brace yourself. Because you need to understand who I am. And church today, every one of us sitting here today, I don't think we truly understand who we're serving, who we're worshiping today, because he's the one that says, dawn, rise up. He's the one that causes the springs in the ocean floor to come up. He's the one that has the gates of all their... He has been to the farthest reaches, and he told him, he said, you know what? Get up and brace yourself like a man and wake up and listen to who you are and who I am. I mean, Job... Uh, God gets right up in his face. And God asks Job, who gives counsel to me? Who does that? Who gives God counsel? So let me just give you a few little stats of some things that we have measured in our solar. Okay, let me just see if you can follow this. 
This is what we know. There are nine planets in our solar system. Well, there used to be nine. I don't know about Pluto. We're not going to steal out on that one. The earth is 8,000 miles in diameter. The earth weighs 6.5 octillion tons. From the moon to the earth is 250,000 miles. From the earth to the sun is 93 million miles. The sun is 300,000 times greater than the earth. There are 100 billion stars in our galaxy and 70 billion of those stars are greater than the sun's. The light travels at a speed of 186,000 miles per second and the sun is 8 light minutes away from the earth. Our galaxy is 660 light miles in length that we can measure. And the next galaxy to ours is 1.5 million light years away. Have any of us ever been there? Have any of us ever measured this? Have any of us ever experienced this? There are 1 billion galaxies that they found. So 1 billion galaxies and the closest one is 1.5 million light years away. And the sun's only 8 minute light years away. God made all of this. God's bigger than all this. In Matthew, he says, I have the hairs of your head numbered. And Matthew, he says, when a sparrow falls, I know about it. God loves you and me so much that he just didn't speak a solution to sin. God sent his own son from heaven to this planet on earth so that he would become a man, empty himself of all of his deity, become flesh and blood, walk on this earth like us, die on the cross, be resurrected after three days, ascend back to the Father. God then sent the Holy Spirit to this planet in this galaxy. Why? Because God loves you and God made you and God created you and God breathed life in you. We need to brace ourselves and step back and go, wait just a minute. Why would I ever doubt this God? Who does all of this, measures all this, and this is just the stuff we found. They're constantly discovering more and more that we've never discovered before. So where were you when all this happened? I'll tell you where God was. He spoke it and it happened. He spoke it. He put the stars in their place, gave every one of them a name. He named every one of the stars. And he calls them out at night and he brings the dawn in in the morning. He tells the waves where to stop. He tells the springs how to come up in the ocean. He tells the mountains. The Bible says he takes the mountain, weighs them in his hands and see how much they weigh. That's what God does. God uses the earth as a footstool sometimes. He just props his feet up on the earth and says, hey, how's it going down there? Yeah. And sometimes we sit here and question, does God care about me? Job's looking, God's looking at Job and said, boy, you better brace yourself. You have no idea who I am and you have no idea what I can do and you have no idea how much I love you. Where were you? We limit an unlimited God. 
We sit here with our water bill and our electric bill and our mortgages and our car notes and go, God, I don't know if you can do anything about it. We sit here with our cancers. We sit here with our sickness and our disease. He was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was upon him and by his stripes I am healed. And we doubt who he is. Where are you, God? I'm right here. Job, I was watching the whole thing. I've been silent, but now, boy, brace yourself. Brace yourself. Look at this. He's not finished. God says this in verse 31 of chapter 38. Can you bind the chains of Pilates? Can you do that? Can you loosen Orion's belt? Let me know the stars Orion. God goes, I can loosen his belt if I want to. Isn't that cool? He says, can you bring forth the constellations in their season? Can any of us call out a star and make it obey us? It says, or can you lead the bear out with its cubs after hibernation? God says, I do. I tell the bears when to come out after hibernation. They have their cubs. I'm the one that says that. Do you know the laws of the heavens? God goes, I know them because I set those laws in motion. Can you raise your voice to the clouds and cover yourself with a flood of water? Let's me know God takes showers. Yeah. God can just call in the clouds and cover himself with water. Isn't that awesome? I can't do any of this. He says, do you send the lightning bolts on their way? Wow, wouldn't that be cool? God says, I take the lightning bolts and I tell them where to go, where to hit. Do, you, do they report to you? Do the lightning bolts come to you and go, here we are, ready for you. Ready for you to do whatever you want to do. Who gives the ibis wisdom or gives the rooster understanding? How many of you ever know some roosters have words without knowledge sometimes? Yeah. Who has the wisdom to count the clouds? This is just on our little planet. Can you count the clouds? Who can tip over the water jars of the heavens when the dust becomes hard and the clods of earth stick together? Do you hunt the prey for the lioness and satisfy the hunger of the lions when they crouch in their dens or lie in wait in the thicket? God says, I take care of the lions and the lionesses. I help them hunt. I help them find something to eat. He said, who provides food for the raven? Can you do that? You see, every day God feeds all the birds of the air, knows when one of them falls to the ground, and the Bible tells us that he watches over all of this. And I, 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 was, I was reading a thing one time a guy wrote, he said, if you were given the, the challenge that you had to spend one day feeding all the birds on this earth, it would take you tens of thousands of years to get enough supplies to feed the birds for one day. Think about that. And God just does it every day. Who provides food for the raven? When it's young, cry out to God and wander about for lack of food. Job, can you do that? PCA, can you do that? Where were you when God was stretching out the heavens? Can you even count the clouds? Can you even count the hairs on your own head? Can you? No. Number 
why in the world would you ever doubt me? Because I don't understand the mystery, but this same God who made the expanse of this universe and, and watches over everything and tell the constellations where to go and when to shine and when not to and all these things, he also lives inside of me. Wow. Christ is in me. Christ is in you. Can you imagine the unlimited power that resides in every one of us and yet we walk around defeated? How can we do that? We walk around questioning God. How can we do that? We walk around wondering about God. How can we do that? Today I, I look at you church and I say this. Brace yourself. Brace yourself like a man. Brace yourself like a woman. And begin to understand again who it is that God is. He's not some weak, timid little God. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords of all the universes, of all the galaxies, of all there is there was and ever will be. And the Bible says one day all of this is going to be consumed with fire and be gone. And he's going to have a brand new heaven and a brand new earth. And right now, guess what? He's preparing a place for you and he's preparing a place for me. Have you seen it? Have you done anything about that? Well, he has. Does he know everything about you and love you unconditionally? Yes, he does. Does he understand when you have some fears in your life? Job, I understand. And there's no one on earth like you. Hey, Satan, if you consider him a servant, Job. Okay, so now I've preached myself out of God saying that about me. I don't want him telling Satan, have you considered Pastor Barnwell? Just leave me off the list. He already considers me enough. I don't need God pointing me out, putting a spotlight on me. But I wonder today, our minds cannot even comprehend the simple solar stats that I read out just about what we know. Your mind melted. You're like, I'm going to keep up with this. No, you can't. You don't even know what 6.5 octillion tons is. I don't either. And who in the world, made, who weighed the earth? They have, what kind of scale you have for that? I don't know. But God, he knows because he spoke. All he did was speak and it all happened. And Job, you need to understand, I've allowed Satan to bring these things into your life, but I'm now going to stop it. And now I'm going to take back over and I want you to know who I am. You see, I believe God wants all of us to know who he is. And the only way we know who God is is when we go through hard times. You don't know how big your God is when everything's good. You don't. Because there would have been a time in my life if you asked me, do you know beyond all doubt that God heals? Well, it says it in the book. I mean, know that something you read about is not something that you experience there's a big difference. Can God set people free from addictions? Well, I've heard about it, but I don't know. Can God heal cancer? Well, I, I guess. I, I mean, sure. 
But if you've had cancer, if you've been addicted, if you have, if you have had the enemy come against you like Job had, Job says, you know what, I've maintained my integrity. I've maintained. There will never be a lie come out of these lips. I, I love my God. And Job said, Lord, it doesn't matter what happens to me. I'm going to serve you. You see, sometimes people come to church when everything's good. But then sometimes they only come to church when everything's bad. When it gets real good, sometimes people quit coming to church. Well, everything's good. Let's hit the lake. Let's hit the golf course. Let's go over here and do this and that. Well, what about church? Oh, everything's good. God's good. We're all good. And then when suddenly that which they have feared comes upon them, let's run back. And God says, listen, I'm the kind of God who sees this thing. I understand beginning of time to the end of time. I already see it all. I already know what's going to happen. And I need you to trust me. Through the hard times, brace yourself. Brace yourself like a man. Begin to understand who I am again. Begin to understand what I can do for you. How can we come in to God's presence and make God so small. How can we do that? I believe God would ask all of us the rhetorical questions again. Where were you? Where were you when I set the sun, stars, and moon in their place? Where were you when I got all these other galaxies? Where were you? I'm there right now. I'm out in the galaxies right now. I've got it all under control. I tell the lightning bolts where to go. I tell the dawn when to rise. I tell the roosters when to crow. I, I tell the waves where to stop. I, I've got all this, and I know everything about you. Everything. And Job, I'm bigger than anything you got. And I think that's what we need to hear today. Because some of you have made your God smaller than your problems. Listen to me. God is never smaller than your problems. He is such a great and awesome and mighty God and greatly to be praised. He is never even close to being equal to or smaller than your problems. Can't happen. It's impossible. Our problems are, are so small in His presence. Whatever it is, it is so small in His presence. And what we need to do is have faith that rises up to the size of God that we have. Not faith that descends to the size of problem that we have. We've got to increase our understanding. Do you understand? Job, do you understand who's talking to you? Do you understand? He didn't. And neither do we. Not fully. God restored everything to Job and even greater than what he had before. And I'll guarantee you that from that point forward, he did not live with those five fears in his life any longer. I don't have to worry about failure because if I fail, God's got it. I don't have to worry about suddenly something happening because if it does, God's got it. I don't have to have a fear about being nervous and a fear about what people think and a fear, a fear, a fear. I don't have to do that. Why? Because God's got it. He's bigger. He's bigger. Come on. I need you to get this today, church. 
He's bigger. Bigger than your, bigger than your problem. Bigger, bigger than anything you got. Would you stand with me today? Brace yourself. I can't feed a lion. I can't do any of these things. And then there are times I try to tell God how to do things in my own life. Well, God, if you cared, you'd do it this way and this way and this way. God's going, well, I do care, but I'm going to do it a different way. And there may be a time where you go through your life where I'm not speaking. See, God didn't speak to Job for a while. He just let him go through it. There may be a time where all your friends turn on you. There may be a time where you lose all you have. Is your relationship with God dependent upon how much is in your checking account? Is your relationship with God dependent on how good your health is? Is your relationship with God dependent upon everything in your life going great? Because you know what we do sometimes? We think if everything's going great, then I must be doing everything right. I don't know there's a time in my life where I've ever done everything right. I do my best. I try. But God understands our humanity. And He still loves us. And He's still bigger. And I'm speaking to some of your hearts today. You've got some things in your life. Maybe you're dealing with some fear in your life. I don't know. That's okay. Because God would look at you and not see the fear and go, Hey, you know what? That's my child. Hey, Satan, have you considered them? They're doing really good. They love me with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength. And they're going to worship me no matter what happens in their life. And they're going to read my word, and they're going to pray, and they're going to give, and they're going to give to other people, and they're going to help their brother in need. Yeah. No matter what happens to them. See, we're overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. We're not overcomers because of our checking account. We're not overcomers because everything's just wonderful. But we're overcomers because of what our testimony is. And so today, I know the enemy. I know him. And we give him a lot of credit for stuff he doesn't even do. But I know him. And I know what he likes to do to every one of us. Number one, create doubt. First thing, doubt, doubt, doubt. Because he asked Adam and Eve, are you sure God said? The first thing he does in yours, my mind is to say, hey, are you sure God loves you? Are you sure God cares? Where's your God at? I don't, he's not speaking to you. Uh, how come you don't have peace? How come you're all nervous? How come you feel with anxieties and fears and worries and doubts? Well, it's because of you, not God. But I believe some of you have some situations in your lives today that you really need God to do something about. But you cannot minimize your God to your need. You've got to make your God greater than what you have need of. Because you serve a mighty and awesome God who is your Father. You are His children. And He said, I know how to give good gifts to my kids. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father above. And everything else in your life that's not good comes from the enemy beneath. But God says, I'm going to take care of you. 
I want you to rest in me today because I, I got this. I'm big enough. I can handle it. I believe with all my heart that there are those of you here today who brought something into you, your life today. You brought it into this church. That's a real need in your life. And you've, you've, you've wondered, God, do you care? God, are you big enough? God, can you do anything about this? This is huge. Well, it's huge to you and it's huge to me, but it is not huge to God. God says, I can do this and I can do this. It takes me the same effort. I speak and it happens. What God wants you and me to do is to have faith. To begin to keep our eyes focused on Him. Remember last week with Jeremiah? See, Jeremiah had a bad day because he was thinking about himself. But then when he started turning his eyes toward God, he realized how big his God was, and he started rejoicing, started singing. Amen, amen. Today, we talked about Job and all his troubles. But when God started speaking to him, he realized, whoa, wait a minute, God, I'm sorry. You're bigger. You're bigger. So today we're going to have them sing this song. Some of you may want to come to the front and bring this to God. That's, I believe that we symbolically do things in our lives. And sometimes I need to symbolically bring this, whatever it is, to God and give it to Him. And offer it up to Him. Cast all my cares upon Him for He cares for me. Some of you may need to stay where you're standing and you can do it there. I don't know. But I know today God sent me with this message to let you know how big your God is and how awesome He is and what He does. Do you know that when He parted the Red Sea, the Bible says 5,000 at a time across, 5,000 across, walked across that Red Sea. Three million people, 5,000 at a time. Wow. That's not some little bitty parting of the water. That's God standing it up for miles and miles and saying, hey, stop. My people need to get through here. And they're going through not in mud, but on dry ground. Wow. God did that. And to him, that's nothing. Whatever you have today, I'm telling you, in his eyes, it's nothing. I want you to get this. I want you to hear it. I want you to get it into your spirit. So they're going to sing this song. You respond by staying where you're at. Standing to the front, whatever you want to do. But I want us to take a moment and let God speak into our hearts right now. I want God to minister to you because I don't want you to feel like nothing's too big for your God. If we could bring the house lights down just a little bit so that everybody doesn't think somebody's watching me. I've got fear about that. Somebody, what's somebody going to think? No. Right now, Holy Spirit, I ask you to minister to the hearts of these people in this place today. Holy Spirit, I ask you right now to begin to rain down in everybody's hearts. None of us can call clouds and make them soak us with water. None of us can do that, but you can. And today, God, you're mighty and you're great. If you have a need and you need to bring it to God, step out right now and walk to this front and say, God, this is bigger than I am. I need you. Come on. Whatever it may be in your life, whether it's finances, whether it's health, whether it's a marriage, whether it's kids, whether it's your job, whatever it is, just bring it to God. When you get here, give it to Him. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Holy Spirit, rain.
Yeah. 
your touch again Holy Spirit rain down rain down let your power fall let your voice be heard come and change our hearts as we stand on your you're at just lift your hands come on we're all here to worship our God I want your trust and your faith to be so big when you leave here today because how can you not trust in a God that is big as we've talked about today how can you not know that he's got your good he's going to the Bible says in Romans 8 he causes things to be turned around in our lives to become a blessing. What the enemy meant to destroy us, God says, I'm going to cause it to turn around and it's going to be a blessing to you. Hallelujah. Can we just trust him? Can we just say, God, if you can put all the stars in place, command the lightning bolts, if they, if they all answer to you and come to you and say, here we are, God, how much more should I trust you? You didn't die for them, you died for me. You gave your son for me. And he rose again to give me hope. And his spirit fills my heart. God, you live inside of me today. Hallelujah. Lord, how can I not trust you in everything today? Let's just take our hands and you worship him. Don't worry about what anybody's going to think. It'll be all right. Sing this chorus again. Holy Spirit, let it pray in every heart and every mind today that you rain down your presence that God we begin to shake ourselves, brace ourselves as a wait just a minute where was I when God was doing all this what kind of God am I serving today hallelujah hallelujah Lord if I come to a mountain 
I'll either climb it or you'll cast it into the sea. And Lord, if I walk through a valley, thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they will comfort me. Lord, if I have to walk through cancer, you'll help me. If I've got to walk through whatever it is, you're going to help me walk through it, God. Hallelujah. Because, Lord, you are for me, and if you are for me, who can be against me? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Even Satan has to get permission from God to touch us as his children. Hallelujah. Man, I just want to shout a little bit, man. That starts getting in your spirit whenever you think about this. Come on. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. We don't even understand who we are and how much He loves and cares about us. Hallelujah, Lord. Lord, if you know when a sparrow falls, you know how I feel all the time. God, you're able to sweep in and pour in your Holy Spirit. Hallelujah, Lord. God, if you can feed Elijah with a raven, you can feed me. Lord, if you can bring water from rock, you can give me water. Why do we worry about these things, church? If you've been watching the news this week, you are truly depressed. Inflation everywhere. Recession, prices are going up. This is not a time for Christians to panic. This is a time for the world to see us having faith in our God. Hallelujah. I know in whom I have believed. And I know that He is able. I know He is able. <laughs> if you've ever thought God can't do this when you ought to leave here today going, I was wrong. I was wrong, God. Please forgive me. Father, today as we leave your house... We do not leave your presence. No matter what we're facing this week, God, help us. I pray, God, help us to go back to Job chapter 38 and read it again and again and again until it gets in your spirit. Read it again and again and again until you start being able to shout, begin to praise God. Whoa, what kind of God am I serving? Hallelujah. What kind of God loves me today? What kind of God gives me new mercies every morning? What kind of God died on the cross for me and rose again? What kind of God? Hallelujah. What kind of God directs my footsteps? Woo! You feel that? Man, I feel that. Hallelujah. I feel that anointing just beginning to fall on you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. God, let us drink. Lord, let us eat from your word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I feel that, church. You just, you need to yearn for Him. Hallelujah. God, today, let your church know who you are. Hallelujah. Oh, God, give us fresh revelation. Fresh revelation, a fresh awareness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, it'll change the way we talk. It'll change the way we walk in this place. It'll change the way we praise you. It'll change the way we sing. It'll change everything about us. Hallelujah. 
In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. God bless you. I love you. Have a great day in the Lord. And this week, read Job. We sure hope you were blessed by Pastor Bardwell's message. Join us anytime at PCAChurch.com and every Sunday at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City.